Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 17, our first of 2021, so happy new year. You're skinned, right? Yeah, we know. Uh, Christmas, always a busy, expensive time, which is why this episode is all about how to save money on your bills. A great one any time of the year, but especially handy right now. So buckle in uh, for the good stuff. And if you've only just found us Googling, how do I save money on my bills? First of all, thank you for doing that. And after you finish this one, you can jump into our previous episodes and have a proper binge in any order you like. They all work as uh, standalone features, but make sure you have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be very grateful. Oh, and hit subscribe as well. And that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop and you'll be right up to date. All importantly, the podcast is absolutely free. So we're off to a flyer on how to save money. Uh, for our back catalogue of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. I feel happy new year. Happy new year to you as well, John. You have a good one. I did. I, I'm, I'm surprisingly fresh considering it's new year. <laughs> <laughs> Great one to, uh, to start the year, this, how to save money on your bills. Let's begin with a biggie, uh, our energy consumption. So the, the gas and the lecky, what have you got on that? Energy um, consumption, how do you save money there? Yeah, I, I thought this would be a good like a good podcast to do, especially for the first one in the yeah. new year, because people are always looking, right, New Year's resolutions can include things like losing weight, um, getting your finances in order. So, and and I, like some of the podcasts we do are tailored to maybe a certain age group or certain demographics, but th- this is one almost for for kind of everybody. So hopefully there'll be something in here for for everyone. But the we've got a few different areas to cover. But as you say, first one, energy, sort of gas and electricity. Um, and what I would say on that is, if if you're on a standard tariff or if you're coming to the end of a, a fixed term contract. Um, you want to check to see if you can get a better deal. Um, standard tariffs usually tend to be more expensive. One of the things that's came in now is that existing providers have got to tell you if they've got cheaper options, although it's still worth shopping around. So compare what they can offer, but also have a look at, at what other um, companies can offer as well. Offgem, they're the energy regulator. They've actually got a list of recommended comparison sites and on there, you can review the tariff. It, it, you can review your tariff on there. One of the things that you would need would be a recent bill. And that way you can see things like how much your energy, how much gas and electricity you're using. It'll also tell you the tariff that you're on as well, so it can compare it. So Citizens Advice, they've also got a, an energy comparison tool as well. So there, there's plenty of, plenty of places you can go to look to see about what you're paying and if you can save money on there. And that advice, um, certainly citizens' advice, and it would be free. I don't know about the, the comparing um, prices on, online, but citizens' advice uh, would be free, wouldn't it? Yeah. Off, off Gem, they, they list the, the, the comparison websites that they have recommended. Now, well, one thing I'd say about com- comparison websites will come up a few times today, but one, one thing I would say with them is that they all offer slightly different deals with, with companies and another thing is that some comparison websites where they make their money generally is that the providers often will pay them for like sponsored listings and things. So they, that, that's why it's good to look at one that's been recommended off, off, jo, sorry, off gem 
or the, the energy industry regulator. So the, the comparison sites that are on their recommended list are all ones that they've kind of looked into. So that, that's why I would say like Offgem or even the, the Citizens Advice Energy Price Comparison mm. Tool is a good starting point. Trustworthy uh, <laughs> as, as much as anything else, which is something that you need. Um, yep. Okay, so that's that's gas and electricity. Next up it is water. Now, I, I saw this and I thought, how do we save cash in that? I thought the water that you paid is, is just a standard thing in your council tax. For, for most people it is, especially in Scotland. I think mo- most people, they, there's two ways you can pay for your water. There's the charges that's added to the council tax bill or you can have a water meter. Now, if someone has real low water usage, they may be better off with a water meter. There's a website that you can go to called getwaterfit.co.uk. And what you can do on there, that is, you answer a lot of questions. I don't know, they've maybe got about 20 questions or so that you, you go through. And that estimates your water consumption. So then you can try to, to weigh it up and say, right, am I better with a water meter. I think, to, to be honest with this one, most people are probably better just paying it along with their, their council tax. I know with, with myself, I, I've got myself and the two boys at home. Now, we, we probably use quite a lot of water between showering and the amount of washing now always seem to have to do. Washing machine always seems like it's on constantly. So <laughs> I, I put it in. I think with our council tax, we pay about £300 a year towards the, the water. And when I looked, when, when I weighed it up, if we got a water meter, I think it was going to cost us about £400. So for right. me personally, it wasn't worth it. And, okay. But there, there would be some people that it may be... I, I think out of all the tips we go through today, this is probably the, the least important one, but the, the one that less people would be able to, to kind of save hmm. money on. But um, So it is something just to, to consider, though. Well, there's, there's two things I thought about there when you were, you were talking about water, Phil. That one is um, shower less, which isn't an attractive one. The other one is shower together, which, uh, which could, <laughs> <laughs> could possibly help. Um, here's, here's a biggie. Used all over the world. In fact, so much so in Japan, they now have filter crawler lanes for people using these as they walk around uh, those huge shopping malls. So folk walking at a normal speed are given a different walking lane from those stumbling about looking at their mobile phone screen. Ridiculous. The only exception that I would allow for that, if you're walking about and you're looking at your phone screen, is if you're looking at maps because you don't know where you are. Otherwise, get off your mobile. Sorry, just a wee rant there. Um, How do we save money on our mobile phone bills, Phil? I know, I agree with you there. Folk are on their phones all the time. I, I was at an airport a few months back and jeepers there. Honestly, everyone was sitting on the phones waiting mm-hmm. to go on the plane and it's just, it's nuts. But nowadays, the majority of people have got a mobile phone. They're, they're becoming, I was going to say more expensive, but then I, I know companies like Apple, they, they want people changing their phone regularly. Yeah, every time um, there's a new one, basically, yeah. So mo- mobile phone bills, pretty there. I know with mine, people can pay a, a fair amount, but one of the things I would say with mobile phones is once your contract with your existing network provider's ended, you're then free to switch to another network provider. So again, price comparison websites can be good for this. And again, going back to, to Ofcom, they're, they're the telecoms regulator. They, they've got a list of like approved comparison websites on there as well. And, and one of the good things with mobile phones, it's easy to switch network. You, you have to get what's called a PAC code. And in the past, you used to have to phone up to get these and it could take a bit of time to get one, but they, they can actually now text you with this PAC code. So that's something that helps you keep the, the same number. So I, I know from personal experience, I mean, I, 
I was with O2. I'm now with somebody else. I can't even remember. Vodafone, I'm now <laughs> with who it is. But that, that cut my mobile phone bill quite a bit. I was able to keep the same number. E- even when I was with O2, and it, originally I was on a, a contract, but quite a lot of the times, if you're paying for your mobile phone within that contract, that makes it more expensive. And once I came to the end of my initial contract, they put me on, I think it was called a simplicity tariff. And that just, that pretty much halved my bill. But mm. a lot of people, they'll just carry on paying what they were. I, I've actually came across folk that have been paying mobile phone contracts on phones they don't even have. Don't have it's anymore, quite, yeah. Quite incredible, but um, <laughs> that's another thing that we'll touch on just later <laughs> on in this show. Um, I, I suppose while, while we're on the subject of phones, we better look at landline phones uh, as well. Even though they kind of now seem like yesterday's tech, like they're defunct, a lot of us still have them. To be honest, I, I keep landlines for two reasons. One, for a broadband connection, and two, from a business point of view, I don't know if this is still relevant, but I used to think you want to have a landline number so people don't think that, you know, you're a one-man band, you're a bit shady. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if people view it like that anymore, or indeed if they ever did, but those are the only reasons that I have a landline. I very rarely use the phone. So for this section, uh, let's look at it as a bundle because that tends to be how these deals are sold. How, Phil, are we going to save money on broadband, landline, and pay TV? That's another one where, again, if you're coming to the end of your contract, it's worth using a price comparison website. Again, I'm kind of going back to to Ofcom again. They've got the list of approved comparison websites, but it's definitely worth looking at because it's something that can can save you money. Sometimes if you bundle, like you say there, sometimes if you bundle everything together, that can, can save you money as well. So it's definitely worth considering, is it good to have the broadband landline any pay TV. Another thing that's good to look at is like, what pay TV do you have? And is it, are you paying for packages that you don't need? I mean, you you might find somebody's got sports channels, but they don't really watch sports. Mm-hmm. Or you might find that they're, they're paying for whatever channels it is yeah. and, and not actually using them. And I, I've subscribed before to, I mean, there's a boxing channel that I watch quite a lot, but there is times where sometimes, I mean, during the summer, that used to be a few months where traditionally there was never much boxing during the summer. So really for me, I could have cancelled it for a yeah. few months, saved yeah. a wee bit of money. So it's just little things like like that can can save you money. But so you're right what you're saying as well about the landline. I've, I've not had a landline at my house for years. And the only reason I, I, there is anything there is for the broadband yeah. as well. One thing with switching broadband, I mean, I broadband suppliers is maybe to check the speed i know my kids moan i i changed oh, mine. Do you get this as well yeah it oh. was like i i changed mine last year and my kids when i changed it they were moaning like anything i i actually i'm, I'm I, I didn't mind paying a bit more to get the fastest broadband but um so so here we're sa- speaking about trying to save money but it is a consideration because i know my kids are always moaning at me let me guess. Let me guess. They were going. They were trying. They were sitting in front of something like an Xbox or a PS4, and they were going, "Oh no, it's lagging again." I, I bet you. I bet they, you. They didn't, have, they, they didn't have the days. I, I remember when I my first computer it was an Amstrad <laughs> computer. You had a cassette that you put. My kids don't even know what a cassette is. <laughs> oh, no. um, and then you, you had to put the cassette in, load the game up, and it would take maybe fifteen minutes to load. And right near the end, it would crash. Syntax error. It used to like, <laughs> punch in the screen, and it was. I, I remember that well. That and ZX eighty ones. Nowadays, it, it would it would crash when it loaded. You'd have to load it again. Oh, jeepers! Nowadays, the kids they're so lucky. 
I know. I didn't how, how lucky they probably I t- are. I tell you, just just to save the morning, Phil, and this is absolutely true. We we are looking at putting in a second broadband line, yeah. so we can hive off my son on his Xbox in his bedroom, right, and stick him on a broadband <laughs> line up there. Just never see him again till he's twenty, yeah. and, and then the rest of the house can exist on a different broadband. I'm hoping that'll work. Someone will probably yeah. get in touch and tell me it won't, but that's what I'm hoping for. It, it, it can be expensive. Um, you, you were talking there uh, about the, the, the bundles. I do remember that I think it, probably someone like Sky would say, you know, if you, if you put everything with us, Sky Talk for the phone and, and yeah. broadband and, and uh, the TV, then, then you get cheaper bills. I'm, I'm always fearful that if you've got all your eggs in one basket, that... It, I don't know. I just uh, if if they turn out to be duff at one thing, then they'll be duff for all three. Yeah. Even if it does save a couple of quid a, a month, I suppose you've got to weigh these things up and, and just no, it is. Yeah, just go with with what you think is best in the end. So, uh, some money to be saved there, possibly annual insurance policies. Another biggie here. Um, how do we uh, how do we save money on that, Phil? Yeah, and it's. It, I mean, a, a lot of today's show is about shopping around and and for things like car insurance and buildings and contents cover i i would encourage folk to to shop around for that what, what i would say is that the cheapest isn't always the the best to go for i know with, with house insurance a lot of providers can do really cheap cover but often you've you've not got maybe as good cover as as what you had they, they reckon that the average length of time someone keeps a buildings and contents policy is something like seven years so you, you tend to find that once somebody sets that up, often they just keep it with the same company. And you, you do get companies out there that will guarantee to beat the renewal quotes and have the same cover. So it, so it is definitely worth looking around. Again, comparison sites can, can help out with that. One thing that I would say as well with, with things like buildings and contents cover is you can sometimes get a diff, discount by paying for things annually. Now, if you pay for something annually, what the, the only downside is if that company went bust, you've already paid for it up front. So you may get a discount paying annually, but what I would say is maybe use a credit card to pay because if that company did go bust, at least you're going to be covered under the your, your credit yeah. card. So it, it actually happened to my mum once. It was an insurance policy that I'd set up as well. That insurer went bust um, and she'd already paid the, the whole year's premium. So mm. I've got first-hand experience of seeing mm. The, the impact of that, and which was a pity. But um, if you don't want to change provider, I mean, some people are happy with who they're with, but even going back to them and saying, look, I've had a cheaper quote elsewhere. Is there anything you can do on the price? And and if you don't ask, you don't get. That, that's the thing. And if they don't, reduce it. But if, if there's a good chance, they may well say, yeah, okay, we'll give you a bit of discount there. I think the thing to, to bear in mind with building and contents as well, Phil, um, probably and I know this from my own personal experience, I'm, I'm certainly not um, a financial advisor like yourself, but you tend to sort of accumulate more stuff as time goes by. So, you know, for instance, my wife said, oh, we'll have to get my my uh, engagement ring or my attorney ring or whatever else included in yeah. the contents insurance. I, I, and she's absolutely right. So, you know, we've, we added that in and you, you have to, over time, keep going back and doing these things. Also, is it is it, you were talking about off-gem and off-com earlier. If you go for building contents insurance, I take it the insurer that you go to is obliged to uh, get the right the right price for your home, and but they're, they're acting on what you tell them about the, the contents, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, like it's definitely good to review what cover you've got 
in place because things change. So you're right, you may acquire more contents over, over time. So, so definitely it's worth reviewing and also reviewing what cover you've got. Is it still appropriate for you? And as I say, like a lot of this podcast is around price and try to save people money, but sometimes you can actually spend more by, in the long run by going for a cheaper policy. Mm. Because if, if you make a claim and it doesn't pay out, it could cost you more in the long run. Okay. And of course, the, I suppose with the, the building and contents, if you're not, if you're not adequately insured, then the, the fear is that it only pays out a certain amount. It doesn't cover any yeah. um, damages that you, you might actually incur. Um, okay. So that's insurance policies. Uh, just um, next one that I'm looking at here is possibly the, the biggest one that we might have in terms of a, a monthly spend. It's our mortgage. How do you save money in your mortgage? With mortgages, a lot of people are on what's called the lender standard variable rate. Now, if someone's on that, they want they definitely want to be reviewing their mortgage. And likewise, if someone's on maybe like a fixed rate or a discounted rate for a set period, once it comes to the end of that or near the end of that period, they want to have a look at the, the options that's available. Now, these days, most lenders will offer their existing clients uh, sometimes it's known as a, a product transfer or a rate switch. Um, and so quite often you can get a better deal from your existing lender. One piece of advice I would say here is to, to speak to an independent mortgage broker. Generally, they'll tend to offer a free initial consultation, so it won't cost anything to review it, but they'll be able to look and say, right, how much are you paying at the moment? When does your deal expire? What rate are you on? What rates can your existing lender offer you? Is it worth remortgaging to another company to, to get better rates from them? And a, an independent mortgage broker will look at all the different options for you. Another thing at this time of year as well that, that is often popular is people have, have often acquired debts on credit cards. They've maybe taken out loans. And sometimes you can remortgage, borrow a bit more, do a bit of debt consolidation, pay those things off. Usually short-term debt like credit cards, you would normally pay a higher interest rate than that than you would on the, the interest rate in a mortgage. So it may also be worth considering that as well. But again, that, that's all down to, to everyone's individual circumstances. If, if you're reviewing a mortgage, the one thing I would say is just be aware of any early repayment charges that you might have if you come out of a deal early. Usually if you're on, say, a fixed rate, there, there would be a penalty if you pay that off during the fixed rate period. But once you finish the fixed rate, with most lenders, you'll go on to what's called the standard variable rate. And if you're on a standard variable rate, you definitely want to be reviewing your mortgage because I'm pretty certain there'll be savings to be had there. Okay. This is uh, podcast 17. Uh, this next one baffles me. The only way I can think of saving money on council tax would be to somehow switch bands or kick folk out where you live so you can claim single-person allowance. So how, how do we save money on council tax? You can. Like when you, when you mentioned switching bands, there, there was a thing for a while where certain houses on a street maybe weren't in the correct band. So so people could appeal on that. But the only thing I would say about that is if you are appealing, you could it could end up going the other way and you could end mm-hmm. up paying, paying more. But what I would say with council taxes, if you're staying in a property alone, you get a 25% discount if you're the only person in the property. And not everybody is aware of that. So sometimes you think, oh, folk would know that, but not all the time. Another thing as well, if someone's on a low income 
or they're maybe getting certain benefits, you might be able to, to claim a, a what's called a council tax reduction. And that can actually be as much as up to 100% of your bill. But with, with the council tax reduction, that's all means tested. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but there are a, a couple of uh, ways, as you say there. I remember when, when I stayed away from home, when I was working away from home and I had a, a, a place that I rented further south, I was on single person's allowance for the council tax there. And I, I thought, I wonder if my wife back up here can get single person's allowance as well, because I'm not living there. But no, you can, only, you can only do it once. There you go. That's a bit of free advice as well. Okay, we're doing how to save money on your bills. And uh, we're on to food bills. Okay, this is, um, this is probably about changing supermarkets, Phil, is it? To, uh, to shop cheaper. That is one of the, the things I was going to mention. You, you tend to find grocery bills can make up a big proportion of someone's household spending. Yeah. I know for me, I'm a big eater, so it does, it's a, a very big proportion of my spending. Um, I'm really, what I'm really bad for is the takeaways. And I know personally, if I was to cut down on the takeaways, not only would it probably be better for my health, but it'd definitely be better for my, my wallet, that's for sure. <laughs> but what I would say for, for the grocery shopman is even try and plan your meals and say, right, this is what I'm having here, here, and here. Writing a shopping list because... Yeah. I know when I go in with a shopping list, I get everything that's on the list. Great. If I go in without a shopping list, oh man, I'm picking up everything. I like, oh, I'll take that, I'll take that. And I often end up buying stuff that I don't need. It maybe gets wasted. Yeah. You mentioned about changing supermarket. That was one of the things I was going to say as well. For some people, they might think, right, let's look at a cheaper alternative. And I must admit, I enjoy Marks and Spencer's food, but it is a, a fair bit more expensive yeah. than maybe Aldi or Lidl. Yeah. So, so that is another thing to consider. Another good one is never shop when you're hungry. I've had a few people say that to me, and it's like, <laughs> I know if I'm hungry, it's like I'm like Homer Simpson stacking the <laughs> food. So um, that's just a couple of little tips for, for people there. I think I think you, you got onto a good one there about plan, planning your meals um, that – you know, because you then shop for that meal accordingly and you don't go, you make your list in advance, you you don't go for anything extra. Well, at least that's yeah. the theory, you know, until you go around with the kids in the sh- in the supermarket and say, oh, can we get some crisps? Can we get some chocolate biscuits? Um, okay, potentially, here's another big one. How to save money on fuel. How do we do that, Phil? Fuel is a, a good one. I mean, petrol and diesel prices, they, there's a, a website that you can go on www.petrolprices.com and on there it is great it can tell you the fuel prices in your area so by checking the petrol prices and looking at this app that's a way that you can always make sure you're getting the best price for the fuel that you're you're getting so I mean that that could potentially save folk a few hundred quid a year so that's something I must admit I'm bad for it I just go to the local place because it's convenient but if I was to fuel up where it was cheapest, that that is somewhere that you can can save money. You know, I I do try and shop around a bit for for fuel, but the thing that always irks me is, I'll just have filled up at the same time as you know, as the slashes their prices on their petrol or whatever. <laughs> so my full tank, I think no, if I just waited until uh, after lunchtime, I'd have saved some money. Okay, so that's fuel. Um, uh, not exactly a short list that one, Phil. Plenty to work on, but um, yeah. call me greedy. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I mean, some, some of the other tips that we've got, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier about sort of like cancelling unnecessary direct debits, and I've seen it in the past, people paying for things like maybe mobile phone insurance for a phone that they didn't have. I, I've seen people pay 
two buildings and contents policies a month. Mm-hmm. That you'd be surprised, or you'd be surprised how frequent things like that come up. If someone is paying two buildings and contents insurances, the insurers what they tend to do is each of them will refund you half the, the half the premium that you've paid. So, so it's things that come up. Not a lot, but you, you would be surprised how many folk are paying out direct debits for things that they maybe didn't yeah. use anymore. Yeah. So I, I would always say, just have a look at what's going out and just say, is that a, a necessary direct debit? I mentioned as well that like the tip paying annually rather than monthly. And again, I also mentioned about like using a credit card if you are paying annually, just to give you a bit more protection there as well. Sometimes, like on gas and electricity, you can get a discount if you pay by direct debit rather than having like the, the token meters. And um, so again, the, there's sort of savings that can be made there. Um, another place you can look for, for sort of some money saving tips. There's the, the money saving expert website, the money and pension service. They, they've got some tips there. So there, there's a lot of different little tips that people can, can look at. So hopefully we've covered quite a few of them in the podcast today. Let me ask you this one, Phil. It's one I hear quite often. If you've got money on credit cards around about this time of year, you know, just after Christmas, quite often you'll see uh, credit cards advertising online or whatever saying, oh, if you transfer your balance from another credit card to us, then it's a 0% interest rate for a fixed period of time. Um, so you're not going to pay interest on the amount that you transfer. You might pay like a percentage to to switch the money across. Yeah. Um, if you if you go and do that, I think they call it credit card tarting. If you go and do that, does that save money or does it work out that by the time you pay that percentage, it's you're, you know you're not worth it, doing it? It's definitely something to consider because it, it used to be in the past that you could move your credit card to another company as long as you got accepted for it. And they never used to charge a fee, but the, the companies now will tend to charge you a fee, normally a percentage mm-hmm. amount. But it, it, let's say you were being charged 3% fee to move it. If your interest rate is 23%, you're saving a, a fair bit of money there. Um, so it gives you a period where you can start to like try and pay back some of the, the debt yeah. if you've got a high balance on it. But credit cards, they're pretty much about the most expensive debt that you can have some for some people it might be worth saying look is it worth looking at the options to take out a personal loan to pay it off but it's all weighing up how much your how much your debt is and how quickly you want to try and pay it back but i i know myself personally i i have a couple of credit cards and i use them but i pay them back every month because Mm -hmm. i just hate paying interest to the credit card companies. <laughs> okay. Um, we're on to your questions in, in the next few moments. Ahead of that, Phil, um, tell me about the, the how to cut your bills guide. We, we have a guide that we, we can either email or post out to anyone that wants it. And it covers a lot of the things that we've gone through in the, the podcast today. But if, if anyone wanted a copy of that guide on how to cut their bills, um, just get in touch and we can either email it to, to you or send it out by post if preferred. Okay. All right, well, I'll give you the contact details in just a minute. Now, each week so far, uh, we've covered various topics. Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by any subjects that we've been discussing. So I wonder if you've got an experience here, Phil, regarding on how to cut your bills. I do. One, one thing with myself, um, a few years back, I used to have a Sky TV package, and I, I had one of the ones where it included things like the Sky Talk, the broadband, all that kind of stuff. And with that, I was paying about £130 a month for it. And I remember phoning them up one day and it's like, look, 
what kind of deals can you, you give me? I, I was always getting letters through, or, or you would see adverts, like if you were a new client to Sky, you get it free for so long or at this price for, for so long. And I remember phoning them up and, and I was quite adamant. I was like, nah, I'm, if you didn't give me a better deal, I'm going to cancel it. And I kind of co- they called their bluff, but I, I suppose I was prepared to cancel it if I needed to. Yeah. And they, they kept saying, no, no. And eventually I said, right, okay, just cancel it. And at that point, I said, oh, well, hang on. We'll put you through another team. So sometimes you might get passed around a couple of times. But with, with that one, they, they reduced it to about half what I was paying. Yeah. So instead of £135 a month, it was down to about 65 I think, was, was what it ended up being. And if you manage to save that over a year, that's almost 800 quid. So yeah. sometimes I've heard a lot of people having that experience with Sky but I think there are some where they've said, no, we're not doing any deal for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd been with them a long time at, at that point in time. But again, if you don't ask, you don't get, do you? So it's, I, it's definitely worth asking the questions. I have done exactly the same as that. Uh, and I, again, I was prepared to, to walk away as well. I think they can, I think they can sense it in you when you're, when you're actually prepared <laughs> to do, the, to do the walk. And if they say the magic words, they put you through to the, I think it's the retention department, and at that point, they're going to throw things at you to try and to try and keep you there. Yeah. I've I've been there once, and the other time, uh, I thought I'll go back and I'll, I'll get another deal. Um, and that time, they were prepared to let me walk away. So yeah. uh, you know, it, it's I, I don't know maybe maybe they can sense it in your in the, yeah. the way that but you're that, speaking. It was, was a couple of years ago that I did that because I, I I didn't really watch TV and. Um, I tend to read books more and I'm working all the time as well or looking after my kids. But um, that was a few, two, three years ago now that I did that. So it may well be slightly different these mm. days, but it's always worth asking. Uh, we always do this bit as well, Phil. You, you find inspiration through various people that you admire and I know that you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on how to cut your bills? This week's quote of the week, I didn't know who said it, but I thought it was quite a good one. It's, don't go broke trying to look rich. Act your wage. <laughs> if only I did that, I tell you. I know. Things would be different. Uh, okay, Phil, to summarise um, on this episode, what's our takeaway? I, I would say the main thing is just to keep a close eye on your outgoings, see what you, you've got going out, and, and just keep reviewing it. Because it, everybody leads busy lives, and with the best will in the world, it is easy to, to just keep, paying something that you've always been paying or have a policy, whether it be like your TV or buildings and contents. It's, it's good just, especially this time of year, I think it's a good time of year just to say, right, what am I paying out? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Can I review it? Can we get some savings on there? So new year, new you, hopefully. I think uh, something that you were talking about quite a lot at the beginning of, of this episode as well was um, the uh, the various governing bodies, so the, the likes of Ofcom, and off gen uh, are you know quite handy because they 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 have to be responsible. They can't they can't sell you <laughs> a, a line or or yeah. you know pull a fast one. Uh, so they're probably a, a useful starting point. Now 
Uh, Phil is is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask him anonymously if you'd like us to. Let's get on to this week. Contact details coming up. Remember, you can use those uh, to get that how to uh, cut your bills guide as well. So I'll give you those in a moment. Our first question today comes from Stephen in Ballater, who's asking about insurance. Now, he recently lost his job. He's decided to, to launch his own business, uh, working from home, which, you know, we've all done. Uh, or at least Phil certainly has. I know that. Uh, he wants to know if he needs to change any insurance policies, Phil. It's worth reviewing probably a few different types of insurances. If you've got income protection insurance, it's worth maybe reviewing that because a change in jobs would be something that, that could impact that type of policy or certainly going from employed to, to self-employed. Another thing, if, if you're working from home, is, is also, especially if it's your own business, is maybe just to check with your mortgage lender that that's okay. Because I know, I suppose they'll they'll look at it and say, well, how much usage is going to be in the house? Is it just that you're using a room for, for business purposes? So that, that may be just another thing to, to kind of look at. But mm. I'd, I'd also check with, with a buildings and contents provider as well. I mean, if you had any equipment for like your, your work, would, would your home insurance cover it? So there's probably a few considerations for them to, to take into account there. Okay, I mean, it could be like if you're just sort of looking at papers uh, in your dining room or whatever, sitting at the, the dining table, you're probably all right. But if you're going to go and set up a commercial garage in your garage, then that could be a totally different uh, kettle of fish. It. Yeah, get it. okay. Uh, next up is Lisa in Sterling, who's got a question on credit scores. Now, she's on furlough at the moment. She's been offered a, a mortgage holiday by her lender. Lisa says it would definitely help her out, especially with Christmas just passed and a lot of expense there. But she's worried it may negatively affect her credit score and potentially sort of hammer her uh, financially in the longer term. Can that be the case, Phil? The, if you take a payment holiday, it won't impact your credit score. Okay. So that, that's one of the things that they, they've said there. What some people aren't aware of is that if you take a payment holiday, that debt is added to your mortgage. So, so, so it's added to the loan, which then means that at some point in the future, your payments are going to be higher. So definitely worth thinking, right, it, it, it might be affordable, or it was maybe affordable in the past, but if the payments go up, is that going to be affordable in the future? Especially if you're maybe on furlough, getting less money coming in, or again, a lot of people are still worried about their, their jobs going forward as well. But a lot of folk will look to, to take the payment holidays to, to try and pay less, and it's a good good option to have, um, but it, it definitely won't impact on your credit score. Good. Okay. Good thing to know. I'm John Millis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. Now, if you feel you need a helping hand with anything that we've been talking about or anything else uh, of a financial matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Uh, he's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil 
at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Same email address if you're looking for that How to Cut Your Bills guide. Send him a question uh, and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if you prefer us not to. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John.